Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I want to chat about having a peaceful period. All right, so a lot of the times when we think about our periods, the PMS symptoms come to mind. And the PMS usually starts in that luteal phase, which is the phase right before we bleed. And typically that luteal phase is most people's least favorite phase. Um, and it's because all of this stuff starts to kind of bubble up to the surfaces. We start to feel that, um, pressure and that judgment that we put on ourselves. This is why I'm a big fan of, you know, hopping off social media. Um, if that's something that you have around this time, you know, usually we feel it, mm, it can be anywhere from like that mid cycle through the luteal phase to a few days right before you bleed. So you kind of have to know your own cycle. It's not, it's not a standard, like at day 20, we all start to feel this, you know, that's just not how our periods are built. It's very individual to what is common for us. And so with saying that we all have at that second in the luteal phase. So that luteal phase, again, is that longest phase of our cycle. We have an, a rise in estrogen and then it drops off. And typically it's that drop off that we feel Mm, maybe not our best, you know, and that's when we start to feel these PMS symptoms. And so it's going to be different for everyone of when that drop-off of the estrogen is. And so I usually feel it um, myself. I have a 27 day cycle. Usually mm, day 25 is when I start to feel kind of that judgmental or like just pressure, the moodiness, all of those, you know, the heat intensifying in my body that might happen around then. And so I just kind of like, okay, I need to take a break. I need to have some rest. So this is kind of the the phase that I'm talking about. So now we're looking at, oh, how can I reduce some of these symptoms that we're having? Um, one of the things that I read recently, which I thought was brilliant and it's worth sharing is now, are we experiencing some of these kind of the, the judgmental, the moodiness, because we don't have time to rest, you know, back in the red tent days, we had time to go inwards. We had time for rest. We knew it was built in, but in our modern lifestyle, we can't take time off work. Um, necessarily. If you have kids, that's another layer, you know, and if you're in a relationship, that's another layer. There's a lot of things on our plates and it's hard for us to just, Hey, I'm going to take a couple days off, or I'm going to just pull back, you know, from some of the stuff that I need to do at work or, you know, in my life, because if you have little kids, like you can't pull back, like they're, they need you. And so these are some things that we don't have set into place. And especially the last few years with the pandemic, I mean, even asking help or finding a babysitter, you know, and having uh, parents come over or family come over to watch kiddos, that was really dicey. And so that's why I think a lot of the, the periods that I'm seeing are a little bit wonky and they're starting to come back into balance just because there was so much stress and so much on our plates. And so of course our periods are going to be affected, you know, because stress does affect what's going on with our cycle. So that's something to kind of think about too, is you know, we, if we don't have that time set aside and we know we don't, you know, there is going to be some anxiety. There is going to feel that pressure, um, during that time. And it's, I mean, that we can't necessarily take away. Um, you know, I'm going to give some tips on how to, but this is not a practical advice for everyone. Um, it's just, it's just not, you know, I run a business and I do the best I can to take some time off. Um, but I forget sometimes I, I leave my schedule open to when I know I'm going to be in that phase to podcast interviews. And I'm interviewing people when I maybe don't feel my best. Um, and the same thing with like clients, I have three days a week where I see clients and sometimes a client session falls on a day where I might be really low energy. And that's, 
that's what I have to do. You know, I have to push on. And so that might be your reality as well. Like if you, if you don't work for yourself, like there's no way you're going to block off maybe a day, you can try your best and move meetings to days where you think your cycle is going to fall. But then again, sometimes our cycles surprise us and it's a day late or it's a day early and our schedule isn't cleared. So that's all just to say, you know, we do the best that we can in that situation. You know, I've had, I have had a client who had the luxury to block off the whole week where she thought she would be bleeding. And that's, again, that's a luxury. Not most, most of us don't have that. Um, and so a same thing with childcare, you know, maybe you have some childcare set into place. But again, that's a luxury a lot of us don't have, you know, that's extra funds that you're paying. Um, That's kind of our built in, like I'm being lazy. You might be upstairs in your bed, you know, watching Netflix, you know, and stuff like that, where we feel like I should be doing this, you know, the shoulds. So again, totally, these are all things that I think are normal and how can you get around them? I don't know if we can, you know, that's just the, our society that we have. And so Um, let's try to do what we can in the meantime to reduce some of the other symptoms that go with PMS, you know, so that maybe you can't reduce some of those just deep internal things that maybe all of us feel, um, you know, such as that anxiety of like, oh my gosh, I have a big thing coming up and uh, I'm going to be bleeding, you know, or I'm going to be really low energy. And then again, on the flip side, you know, I just had a, um, a person in my flow with your cycle you know, weekly challenge ask, I'm really high energy. I it's day one of my cycle and I feel really good. Should I still rest? And that's a valid question too, because every, every cycle is going to be different. And so for me, if you have great energy and you're bleeding, that to me shows you did a great sign the month before you get a great job setting yourself up to feel that good. So you probably followed a lot of self-care practices to have your day one and still have energy. And then I also said, yeah, you still need to rest because that's probably what got you to feeling good in the first place is you rested those first few days of your cycle. Um, now again, she, she works. And so she was at work when she had texted me this. So she's going to be, you know, she works in a school and so she's at school and she might do the best that she can, but it's unpredictable. You know, you might have, um, kids that act up that day. And so you might be a little bit more stressed. Like you have all of these layers. So that's just a little, a little tip. Um, you know, even if you do have that high energy, I would say rest, rest is still best those first couple of days. So you do have that lasting energy throughout the next month. And I will say, this is also something to test for yourself because every time I've tested it and I've pushed through, I always end up burning out, you know, in my ovulation phase, I don't feel as energetic as I should, because I did push too hard when I should have been resting. Um, because eventually your body does, you know, catch up to you because it is on a 28 day cycle. Now, again, all of this to be said, if you are on hormonal birth control, this is not going to be true for you because our, you get a false bleed when you're taking hormonal birth control. So that is just a heads up there is you might not experience the same things. Um, so that's just my caveat. Okay. So let's dive into what are some things that we can do so we can reduce the PMS. So lifestyle practices, self-care throughout your cycle and according to the phases that you're in. So in that follicular phase, honoring what self-care looks like, then ovulation, luteal, menstrual, all of that is going to look different each phase, you know? So maybe every, every week or so you're kind of adjusting what, what that looks like. Taking a walk three times a week for 60 minutes has been shown to help reduce PMS. Now also exercise. So whatever exercise suits you, 
I'm a big fan of lifting with your cycle and working out with your cycle. And I have a free guide on how to do that, which I think is in the, in the show notes of the podcast. So if you want to get that guide, um, but I'm really a big fan of just adjusting slightly. It's not a big, big adjustment that you need to do each, um, each phase, but it is just a, a mild one that will help you have energy. And then getting outside, making sure you're getting some vitamin D, or if you're in a cold state like myself, you know, getting a light box at home. I have many clients who that's helped, um, just to kind of get some sunshine, you know, when the dark February months, March, you know, it's kind of gray, it's kind of dreary. And then getting your thyroid checked to rule that out. So if you're doing all of these things that I'm suggesting today, and you're like, I've been doing them for, you know, three months, four months, and nothing's changing just rule out the thyroid. And then if that is the case, and if it comes back, oh, I have to, my thyroid is having an issue, um, you know, doing the practices, that's a whole different podcast, but there are practices Ayurvedically speaking to help with the thyroid. Um, there's also medication that you can take, you know, consult with your doctor on what's going to be best there. Um, but that is something that, you know, that can be a little hidden factor for people as well. All right. And then I just want to do another caveat because this also came up in my flow with your cycle with the thyroid. What happens if your thyroid comes back um, normal and you still feel like I'm, I don't have good energy during the ovulation phase or most of the luteal phase, I'm still really low energy. So what happens then? You know, I would say it does take again, three to four cycles before these practices really take effect. And so just keep going through and keep practicing these things, you know, making sure your food is on point, making sure you're having the self-care, you know, working out with your cycle and doing these practices. And if that's the case and you've done all of these things um, consistently and done it well, then I would go in and maybe get your hormones um, just to kind of see what's going on. What's the estrogen looking like? What's your progesterone doing? What's your testosterone doing? What's your cortisol doing? What is all of those numbers? And then, um, but again, I like to do those after you've kind of done some diet and lifestyle changes for, you know, three to four months and then go read those numbers just to kind of see, mm, yeah, that's, that's off. Like that should be, the estrogen is really high when I really should, it shouldn't be, be based on what I've been doing the past three months. Okay. Now let's dive into food, enjoying omega three rich fish. So three times a week is suggested, especially on that luteal phase. And then for vegetarians out there, walnuts, berries, winter squash, all of those things make, um, great options for just making sure you're getting that omega threes and you can supplement as well. If you need to supplement with the fish oil flax seeds. So if you're seed cycling, flax seeds are what you want to enjoy right now during the luteal phase. Iron rich foods, which again can be red meat if that's something you eat, lentils, leafy greens, raisins, a caveat with a red meat, grass fed is going to be best. And then you're not going like every meal with red meat. That's maybe like a once a week thing. It's not something that you're indulging in every single meal. Complex carbs, which are going to be whole grains, fiber rich foods. So apples will fall into that category. Uh, dark leafy greens. Oatmeal, parsnips, bananas, those are all good things for the complex carbs. And again, one more caveat with those carbs. If you're pooping out, I know I talk, or even talks about poop. So we're we're going there if you're new to the podcast. But if you poop out quinoa and you can see it clearly in your feces, then you're not digesting that. And that's a grain that's not going to be for you. You know, there's other grains to try. But anytime that you're pooping out, even corn, it means your body didn't digest it. So you're really kind of paying attention. Like if it's coming out in your stools, pick something else. Cause it's, it's just going straight through you. 
um, enjoying dark chocolate, which a lot of us, that's a good thing because we sometimes crave that at this time. Um, and it, it's not, it's not a bad thing because Ayurvedically, we also look at, okay, if I'm craving dark chocolate, what else am I craving? Not just in the food wise, but like life-wise, I might be craving just a hug, which how many of us in that luteal phase? Yes. Some days we just, we just need a hug. We just want a shoulder to, to lay down on or cry on or whatever we need to do. So it makes sense why we're craving that sweetness because we want some more sweetness in our life. And then what to avoid for food. So these are things that are going to increase PMS. And um, man, I have trouble with one of them. <laughs> I will tell you in a second what they are, but avoiding these and really trying to kind of really reduce them all cycle long is going to be best. But sugar, you know, hidden sugars are everywhere. Fast carbs, which is going to be, um, you know, basically your white bread or your processed, like your mac and cheese, your easy to throw together meals like that. Um, fast food. Those are all fast carbs, excess salt. So if you add salt to your food, maybe skip that alcohol. So alcohol, especially in that late luteal phase where our bodies are already warm. And so sometimes people are like, oh yeah, I snap at my spouse more now. Um, I snap at my kids more. If I'm, if I have a beverage because our bodies, again, that's that pit of heat is rising. And then we throw on alcohol, which is heat. It's too much. And it bubbles over. And then the final one, dairy, this is one that I sometimes, um, I don't do a ton of dairy, but I do enjoy my son does some string cheese and I buy the whole foods kind. I don't like, I know if I do get the stuff from like target with Paw Patrol on the package, those aren't my favorite. Um, so I like the whole foods one. So if I buy those, I know I will probably eat one. Um, and then if I buy a little cheese block and I just maybe will have a slice or two, that's my kind of go-to during that luteal phase, that's a craving that I always have. Cause again, I don't do, I dairy does not do well with me and I know this. And so I just keep it to a minimum, um, but really reducing it out would probably be best for my own body. So that might be you as well, where you're like, oh yeah, I really like the cheese, um, and having some cheese and crackers. All right. So mind body, what are some practices, yoga, meditation, they can prevent and reduce stress and severe PMS. Um, and now there was a book that I was reading and it was by a, a Western practitioner, but she had a shoulder stand on there as a yoga cramps pose. Now my yoga side says, no, you know, we actually, I would not recommend that pose anything where you're going upside down because that's going to block the Apana value, which the Apana value is the down and out, which during your menstrual phase, you want things going out of you. You don't want to flip and reverse the flow because then the flow is now going to be going back. Now, obviously you're not going to be holding these poses for a ton of time. And maybe you're in a class and you're, you're a little bit shy and you don't want to like, you know, take a child's pose instead. Um, of trying the shoulder stand or the, the, the headstand totally have been there, but I will tell you this. Um, now this is also going to be probably TMI, but again, you've probably been here as well. Um, but when you're doing the shoulder stand and you, you come down from it, I will notice that like, oh yeah, my body, the excess air in there, that Vata, because the bleeding phase is the Vata dosha. Um, like I will have like the queefing noises as I come down, which is way more embarrassing than just taking a child's pose because usually it's quiet in your yoga class and you're like, that's awkward. So, and again, that's, that's not a great idea for myself. If that's happening again, that air, that Vata is moving and we just reverse that flow, which we do not want to do. All right. So now we're going to practice other stress reducing practices all cycle long because stress is going to play a major factor into PMS. So if you had a really stressful month, probably going to have a really hard, um, cycle, you know, and that's, again, that's not, that's not, um, 
I don't want to say unusual, but that's, that's just what to expect. And it's not, sometimes we can't control that, you know, life happens and we might have just more stress on ourselves. Something, you know, horrible could have happened and there's no controlling that, or, you know, we got sick and we have more inflammation going on in our body. Um, we just might know, okay, I'm going to expect to see this a little bit in my cycle. And then another Ayurvedic suggestion is castor oil packs to reduce period pains because it's a great anti-inflammatory, um, especially towards that luteal phase. You know, these are ones that I kind of throw in, um, you know, once a week is wonderful. If you can do a castor oil pack, you don't do them when you're bleeding, but any other time of the month, they're a great little um, tool to use. If you experience severe menstrual cramps, you might do two castor oil packs a week during your luteal phase. All right. So nutrients, what are some nutrients we should be ingesting calcium that can, that can reduce PMS headaches, pain, moodiness, and food cravings by 50%. So again, there's that calcium with the dairy that I'm craving. Maybe I should take it in a supplement form instead. Uh, vitamin B6 alone or combined with calcium, zinc, magnesium, and vitamin D3, because they can help prevent physical and emotional PMS. And all of those that I just listed, they can be in a great multivitamin. Um, I'm not a big fan of taking multivitamins, but after reading some of the books that I have been about just menstrual cycle health, I'm like, you know what? I am open to taking one and just kind of seeing where it goes and experimenting. I have a multivitamin that I bought, um, you know, probably a couple of years ago and it's still, it's not expired yet. I checked the expiration date and it's still good until, you know, August of 2022. So I'm like, well, you know what? Let me just try to incorporate this. And it suggests to take four um, four pills a day, which I'm like, that's excessive. So I'm going to start with two and just see how that goes for my next cycle. And my, my multivitamin does combine all of those. And it is one that needs to be refrigerated, which I prefer, um, as well as my good friend, who's a dietitian that I trust. She also prefers the multivitamin, um, that has to be refrigerated. So those can be found in like, I got mine at whole foods. I think target has this line now too. I want to say it's garden of Eden. I think that's what it's called. Um, the one that I have. Other, other nutrients or, um, spices, herbs to add in turmeric, you know, sprinkling turmeric onto your meals. It's great anti-inflammatory raspberry leaf and oat straw tea or infusions. So making your own or buying some, you know, raspberry leaf is wonderful. Oat straw is great for the nervous system. So if you're someone who gets, um, really anxious right before your cycle, throwing in some oat straw and raspberry leaf into your tea would be wonderful. And then saffron, which this is a this is an awesome study. So Saffron in one study found that 76% of subjects experience more than 50% reduction in PMS symptoms by adding saffron into their meals. And if you're not familiar with what that is, they're those little red, tiny strands, and they look like little pieces of hair and they don't, I mean, they don't really taste like anything, but you can sprinkle those onto, let's say a, an almond milk latte, or you can add those onto the top of your um, meal, you know, after you have your, your goddess bowl that you made with veggies and a protein and a fat, and you sprinkle those on top. Um, it's really at, easy to add into there. They are expensive. I will tell you that if you do get a little jar and I, you can find them in the spices section, um, like at your grocery store. I know they have them at whole foods. That's where I've got mine from. Um, and again, they, they are a little, I only use like a couple strands at a time because they, it is, quite pricey. I will warn you there, but it is great for you. So that can be something, or if you see on sometimes like a smoothie or juicing places, they might have saffron into their juice or smoothie. That could be something to um, enjoy as well. 
All right. So if this is stuff that you're like, yes, I'm loving all of this. I want to go deeper. I want to heal my period. I want to know some more tips that are, you know, both Western and Ayurvedic, um, because that's my background having that, having both, you know, I'm an Ayurvedic wellness counselor, personal trainer, and yoga teacher. So all of those are kind of my, my backbones. Um, I'm teaching a course called peaceful period, and it is a six week course. And we are going to be deep diving into weekly group coaching calls. And then we're going to do one, one one-on-one call. So I can really, um, you know, get to know your needs and I can give you an exact protocol of here's what I would recommend to help you heal your hormones, um, and to have a peaceful period. You know, my, my main goal is to have you understand your cycle and, um, implement these practices. So you don't have the painful periods. You don't have the, the PMS, you know, every single month. And I do this using my signature temp method. And so I kind of created that, um, as, Hey, where, where did I start diving into this and how can I help others, um, who maybe are just brand new to working with their cycles. So that's why I have that method. And, um, we also have the educational portal. So every week we're going to be focused on one of the, um, temp signature protocols. So if that's something that's interested to you or interesting to you, um, we are going to start March 1st. So the cart is now open, um, from now just until Friday. So, and if you're listening to this and it's, you know, maybe it's February 27th, um, just shoot me an email and I will, I will let you know if there's still spaces available, but I'm just opening it for four days. So if you're interested, definitely hop on, hop on that. Um, it's on my website, andreaclassen.com. And then you can just kind of scroll down and see peaceful period. I will also put it in the show notes as well. So if you're interested, I'm not sure if I'm going to run this again this year, I maybe will do it again in the fall, but I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure. So if this is something that you want in that group format, or you just want to know more about your menstrual cycle, um, you know, this is going to be the program for you. All right. Thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.